really excited this morning. We're going to have fun. Are you guys ready to have some fun? Yeah. I thought I would start off with something a little different. Uh, since Mark kind of takes liberty, I thought, well, hey, I'll just follow suit. My kids always say, I take pictures of everything. I walk around with a camera. Yes, okay, on the front row, we're hearing it. I thought, how much fun would this be to start off the service taking a selfie with all of you so that we could all be one big happy family? How's that sound? Right? You've never done this in church before, right? Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Oh, am I going to feed back? I'm feeding back. This is different, right? Okay, so you're not going to freak out. Oh, wait. It doesn't want to do it. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to stand right over here, and we're all going to get in. So everybody's going to look over here. All right, so now you're all in my happy family portrait. So now no matter what I say this morning, you have to love me. Right? It's documented. You're all part of my family. So you have to love me no matter what. All right, all right. No, that was all just in fun. Uh, this, this last week, uh, I've been just going over some thoughts that God's been really stirring in my heart over the last few months. And as Mark mentioned, I don't just get up here and talk because I want to. In fact, I'm usually not one who likes to get up in front of people. It wouldn't be my default position, but... I know that when God's asking me to say something, I have to say it. And when God is stirring something in my heart, there's a reason, because it's not just for me, it's for all of you as well. So I'm praying that whatever I share with you this morning will really encourage you and bless you and maybe challenge you a little bit so that together we can go into the new year and see amazing things happen, because I really believe that's what God wants to do. All right? I'd like to begin by sharing with you a way that God speaks to my heart. He loves to give little gifts. Actually, John touched on it a little bit last week. How you can find a gift in almost anything. God's always so faithful to show us his goodness. He's always so faithful to give us a little gift in the middle of hardship, in the middle of trial, and even in the middle of good things. And one of the ways God gives me little gifts is speaking to me through nature. And I absolutely love to go out in nature and just look up into the sky. My, I joke about my favorite place, my happy place, is taking my Starbucks coffee to the beach and just sitting and watching the ocean and watching the clouds roll by, watching the, the wind move them by, listening to the sound of the rolling tide, listening to the birds. I mean, that's my happy place. And so God often talks to me when I'm out in nature, and he often gives me little lessons that I can glean from as I'm just simply looking out at his creation. He created it all. He has things in it for us to experience and and to find joy from and also to find uh, life from. And last August, I was driving up to pick up the youth from camp, They had had an awesome week, I had heard, and I was really excited to go and pick them up. And so I started off early in the morning. I had uh, dropped off two of my children with a friend, or maybe it was even my my mom, I don't recall, and uh, started my journey. I was going to go up the mountain to get the youth from camp and bring them home. 
And as I began my, my drive that morning, the weather was really odd. It wasn't normal San Diego weather. It was very foggy. I mean, to the point it was so thick, so intense, so dense that I could barely see in front of me. And I began to worry a little bit, thinking, I have to drive in this for over an hour? How am I going to do this? I'm never going to get there. They're going to be sitting there waiting for me. And so I began to drive, and I just, kept, it just something kept hitting me funny, like, this isn't normal. What's going on? And so I began to ask God, is there something in this that you want to teach me or something in this that you want to show me, or can you just use this to encourage my heart in some way? Because this is very odd. San Diego doesn't often get fog this thick. I mean, we do get overcast skies, and we do get fog on occasion. But, I mean, it was so thick I could not see in front of me at least one car length ahead. So I began to drive very carefully, and uh, God began speaking to my heart, saying, you can relate to this situation, and so can many of your friends and family members. So many of us feel like we've been going round and round and round with uncertainty. We can't see in front of us. We don't know what's going on. There's a a level of anxiety and fear like I was experiencing in that fog because of our circumstances and the hardships and the trials that we feel like we've been going through on and on and on over the last few years. Some of you, it's been years. Some of you, maybe months. Some of you may not be in that place at this moment. But I knew I could relate. And as I began driving up the mountain, I just kept worshiping God and praying and asking him to speak to my heart. And the very curvy road going up to Mount Palomar, it just went up. I just kept circling the mountain, kept circling the mountain, kept circling the mountain. And the higher I got in elevation, the less fog was present. It began to wean a bit. It was less intense. I kept going around the mountain, up higher and higher and higher. And as I got to the top, I had to literally stop and pull over in a little lookout area because the view was incredible. And I took a picture. We all know that. It was incredible. I looked out. And I had risen above the fog. The fog was still there. The clouds were thick. They were still there. But I was now standing on top of them. And I looked out and I could see for miles. It was as if, as if it was an ocean of white clouds, like a blanket of snow almost. And the, sun, the, I mean, the sky was brilliant blue and the sun was shining down on those clouds. And the view from that vantage point was radiant. It was glorious. It was, it was awe-inspiring. And in that moment, God said to me, this is where you go to gain hope. You go higher. You can see above your circumstances. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to go back down into it. But you get to have a level of freedom, a level of hope, a level of joy when you choose to go up to higher elevations and rise above your circumstances. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In that moment, God was saying, you're going to get to carry hope down the mountain. The freedom and the hope that you feel in this moment, you get to carry it down the mountain. 
And I asked him, how am I supposed to do this? What are we supposed to do? And he gave me one word. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And that word is courage. Courage, when we hear it, is often a word that we think, oh my goodness, I have no courage, but I want it. It sounds really great. I want to aspire to have it. I want to be courageous because the, the powerful, the heroic, those are the people who are courageous. And God wants to say this to us this morning. You can. You can have courage. You will need courage. You must have courage in order to carry hope through the darkness, through the difficulties, through the disappointments, through the frustrations. You must have courage. So I'd like to read to you the definition of courage, just so we're all on the same page as to what courage is. Courage, by definition, is bravery. It's the choice and willingness to confront agony, pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. It's not only the ability, but it's the determination to face anything, including shame and loss, with a strong, undefiled heart. How many of you this morning think you might want some courage this morning? Yay! Let's have it. So courage is talked about all over the Bible. We can, we can go into the Old Testament and I mean, you can look at the lives of Moses and Noah and Abraham and, and David. I mean, there are tons of men and women in the Bible who needed courage, had courage, wanted courage because they knew they had obstacles that they were facing, battles that they had to walk into, and they couldn't do it without courage. But this morning, I want to camp in the book of Joshua because after that experience I had on top of that mountain, God led me that entire month through the book of Joshua. I couldn't get away from it. In fact, I was in Tahoe for vacation at one point, which was amazing. Talk about incredible scenery. Uh, And all I could do was sit out on the patio and just dive into Joshua because it was just so refreshing and so challenging to me. And here we all set up the, the book just a little bit. I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. But here we have Moses who has already been in the midst of the wilderness. He's led the people of God, the Israelites, out of Egypt, out of slavery, and now they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Now, they had seen miracles. They had seen God provide. They knew God's goodness, and God had given them a promise. I'm taking you out to somewhere great. You will see a promised land. You will get there. And yet here they are wandering in the wilderness, in the fog, so to speak, For years. And the generation, the older generation who had seen the goodness of God began to be discouraged, disheartened. They began to lose hope. And they began grumbling. They began complaining. They began turning their back on the confidence that they once had in their God. And so God said to Moses, I'm going to raise up a new generation a generation who's going to hold on to the promise and is going to go for it. A generation who's going to be courageous and fearless 
and determined and passionate and zealous for the promises and the goodness of God. And Moses passed on his mantle, so to speak, to Joshua. And there was one important thing that he said to Joshua. He could have said a lot. He could have said, hey, you know so-and-so, you got to watch out for this. He could have gone on and on about these are the things you need to know to be a good leader. Because Moses became a good leader. Moses was a friend of God. He, he saw God face to face. There was a lot he, he probably did pass on to Joshua. But one of the things recorded in Deuteronomy 31.6 is just simply this verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The one thing that Moses said he wanted to pass on to Joshua was a mandate to be courageous. The one thing he wanted Joshua to get was how important courage is. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. He knew Joshua would be afraid. He knew fear would come. I mean, this morning was just incredible. In pre-service prayer, we prayed all about having a strong heart. They didn't know I was talking about courage. They prayed all about having hope and coming from a place in the past where there was no hope and starting a new season in this coming year of hope. They didn't know I was talking about hope. And this morning in the altar call, what did we cast out? What were we getting rid of? Fear. Because God knows that we must get rid of fear. We're gonna, it's going to come. It's a natural emotion, right? It's going to happen. There are things we, we will be afraid of. But perfect love casts out all fear. And in order to move into our next season, in order to move beyond the wilderness and into the promised land, we are going to need courage. And to do that, we must turn our back on fear. The last 16 years of marriage to this wonderful man sitting in the second row has been, <laughs> has been great and been really hard. We've gone through the wilderness. We've fought for things like so many of you have. You know, we started off this perfect, romantic feeling right in the beginning. Everything was great. Nothing was wrong. Everything was right in the world. We bought our first condo. Everything was incredible. And we thought, okay, now we're ready to have children. Let's have kids. We're ready for a family. And a year later, no kids. And another year passes and no kids. And we began to think, What is wrong? What's going on? We want kids. God, you promised us kids. What's happening? And we had to to learn a new level of perseverance. We had to learn a new level of faith. We had to learn a new level of, of warriorship and fighting for something that we believed God had for us and had promised us. And so we fought through it. And it was long and it was hard and it was painful. But fast forward then. We now have three beautiful children under the age of two. 
and they are, were at such a blessing, and so ex- we were ecstatic. Our little family was all great, and we were busy, three in diapers for a while. The firstborn, so cute and amazing. sitting on the front row. Um, And then in the midst of that, though, it wasn't just let's have a family and let's raise kids. We were dealing with health issues. I mean, Bruce was sick all the time. He had pain, constant daily pain, neck issues, neck injuries, migraines. I think he was sick more often than not. And so then I had four kids that I was taking care of. No joke. (laughs) And I felt like a single mom. I mean, the only thing I didn't have to do was go to work outside of the home. But I might as well have been because it was crazy. And we pushed through it and we kept fighting. And in all of those long years of surgery after surgery and having our jaw wired shut and feeding babies and midnight feedings and all of these crazy things, God kept pouring into me a fearless heart. A persevering heart. He kept calling out my identity, saying, you can do it. You can do it. You're a child of the living king. You, you can have courage. You can, have, you can face anything. And we did. There were moments where I didn't know if we were going to make it. Our marriage, I didn't know we were going we to make it. There were moments where the struggle for health had been so hard and the medications that the doctors were prescribing were just making things worse, that I literally, I literally just, I, I didn't want, I didn't want to, I didn't want what we had. There were moments where I felt afraid There were moments where we were so financially in debt that I didn't know how we were going to get out of debt. And yet God kept saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God, I am with you wherever you go. And to be honest, I had great hope in that season. I don't know how except that I I clung to God. He was my only sure thing. He was the only thing that got me through any of that. And I did it with hope and faith, believe it or not. And I would say it wasn't until this last year, and things had gotten really good, things had gotten better, Things had started to look up, and I felt like we were almost out of the wilderness. And that's when I began to get disheartened. I started finding myself grumbling a little and complaining a little. What did I have to complain about? I mean, looking back at at what I had just come through, my situation now was nothing compared to that. I guarantee you it was nothing compared to what I had walked through. The darkness, the despair, the danger not knowing if my family was safe. I had walked through a lot. And yet here I stood and I started complaining and grumbling. And I looked at myself in the mirror over this last year and I thought, 
Who are you? What has happened to you? If you haven't figured it out yet, courage, although valuable, is costly. There's a cost involved. You have to give up control. You have to give up your personal comfort. You have to make a choice. The three C's. It's easy to remember. Courage, comfort, control, and choice. You have to give up some stuff in order to have courage. And it's a choice. And for some reason, I had stopped making the choice to be courageous, and I didn't know why. We have to choose to walk in courage. I want to say that again. Let the perspective, the mindset shift right now. You have to choose to walk in courage. It's a daily choice. And it will, there will be cost involved. But the value is so far greater. The value for what you're going to receive from courage and where the courage is going to take you, the courage that's actually carrying the hope that you once had or that, you, that promise that God had given you. Some of you here in this room have a promise. It might be dormant right now. You might have forgotten it. Did you write it down somewhere? Can someone remind you? Maybe right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit's bringing something to mind. A promise that you have received from the Father. And you're saying, I've been waiting a long time, God. I've been in the wilderness. I ate your manna. Yeah, you provided. But I'm still here. Joshua 1.9 repeats what God had used Moses to say to Joshua. Starting in verse 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. God knew what Moses or what Joshua needed. It, it says it in verse 9, have I not commanded you? He's not suggesting you might want to take some courage on the journey. You might need it. He's saying, I have commanded you. This is my command. Be strong and vigorous. Very courageous. Not just courageous, very courageous. He, he knew that there would be times of hardship, and he wanted Joshua to remember, you don't need to lose heart. You don't need to give up. I know what you need. Choose courage. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, I have given you the choice between life and death. And then he kind of whispers under his breath, choose life, choose life. Right? He's kind of saying the same thing here. You're going to experience fear. You're going to experience pain. You're going to experience hardship. You're going to get tired. You're going to get discouraged. Choose courage. Choose courage. So there are three things we're going to look at this morning. We're going to learn how to carry courage. We're going to learn what it takes 
to carry courage in the dark circumstances, in the dark situations, the hardships. And if you're not in one now, you probably know someone who is. And if you don't, you will someday. Joshua 1.3, backing up a few verses, says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. That's a promise. That's a really good promise. He's telling Joshua, no matter where you go, you step out, that place is yours. I'm giving it to you. Right? What a promise. They had already come, like I said earlier, through out of slavery, through the Red Sea splitting. And now they're wandering around in the wilderness. And he's saying, don't worry. Every place where you step your foot, it's your place. You have authority over it. I'm giving that place to you. So right now, if you're going around the mountain and you're in the fog and you're in the thick of it, look out. Don't look down necessarily right where you're at. Look out. Look outside of yourselves. Get the, John always talks about not navel gazing. Get the pity party thrown in the trash. Look out. Because the next step, because you have to make a choice, are you going to take a next step? The next step, God's going to give to you. You still might be in the fog. You still might be going around the mountain. But if you're choosing to climb, if you're choosing to raise in elevation, if you're choosing to go higher in Christ, not only do you get that next step, not only do you get to place your foot down and, and gain access to that territory, but you're making leeway, you're making headway, you're going somewhere, and eventually, as you climb an altitude, where are you going to be? Above it. Above your circumstances. But you must first look out. It's hard to get our focus off of ourselves. It really, it can be, especially when you're in pain. I mean, there were days when Bruce was in so much pain, he didn't want to talk to us, he didn't want to hang out with us, he'd just lay in his room and not feel well. And then there came a point where he said, I'm just going to choose to hang out with my family and show them love, even though I'm in pain, because what else am I going to do? What else am I going to do? And so he made the choice. I don't feel good right now, but I love you guys. I'm going to hang out with you. It was a good choice. It was a good choice. And it's hard. And I think so often we say, when I feel better, when the money comes in, When my circumstances change, right? And we're thinking about the destination, the final outcome. And we think that the destination is our destiny. We think that the destination is our destiny. But our destiny is way more than the destination. Our destiny is way more than the destination. We can actually have destiny through the process. We can actually glean from the process. We can actually get more from the process than the final product sometimes. It's in the journey. Is that encouraging to some of you? I know it's encouraging to me. If I, 
If I was living for the destination, we would still, I don't know where we would be. But you know what? I'm not living for the destination. And I'm not talking about heaven, our final destination. I'm talking about the end of hardship. Our focus is way out in front of us, and we miss the gift that we are given through the process that is right now in the present. It reminds me of the lion from the Wizard of Oz. Do you guys know that story? I'm sure. We would always watch it every year. We loved the Wizard of Oz, a house full of girls. I don't know that my dad was too keen on it, but maybe. You know the cowardly lion who was on a quest for courage? He thought, at the end of the yellow brick road, my pal the scarecrow and my friend little Miss Dorothy from Kansas, we're going to get to the end, and this magical wizard behind the curtain is going to give me courage. He didn't realize that through the journey down the yellow brick road and all the way to Oz, along the way, what did he find? He already had it. He chose courage along the way. He didn't even realize he was doing it. And when he got to the final destination, he already had what he was looking for. I really like what Winston Churchill says about courage. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and to listen. Sometimes we think we have an idea of what courage is, that it's the warrior, the being fierce and fighting and doing all these crazy UFC moves, right? And it can be that. Courage does take a fight. Courage does take power. But sometimes courage is just simply saying no to something. Maybe there are some of you here this morning who feel like you need courage to just say no to something. It could be a good thing, but it's not the best thing for you. It could be a bad thing, and it's definitely not the best thing for you. Courage can look different. Whatever you need to do to overcome fear, to move beyond the fear, and to be brave and face what is opposing you, that's what courage is. It acts in the face of fear. So we look out, and then we also look ahead. Philippians 3, one of my favorite chapters, all all of Galatians through Colossians is all like my favorite, but (laughs) Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Courage doesn't look at all the what-ifs. Courage doesn't look at all the past mistakes, all the past failures, all the past hardships. 
God says, forget what is behind. Press on. Look ahead to what you have. He's given us a future and a hope. He promises it to us in Jeremiah. I have not created calamity for you, he says. I have a future and a hope prepared for you. He has promises of good things. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. He doesn't want to give us bad things. So if we're in a bad place or if we've been in a bad place, he showed love through it. Did we see it? Maybe. But we have to choose. We have to choose to forget what is behind and press on towards what is ahead. We move away from hardship. We turn our back on the past. And guess what? Even if it's one step away from your past, it's one step closer to your deliverance. Even if it's a small step. Even if it's just internally, in your mind, a mind shift. Forgetting what is behind, I'm going to focus my gaze ahead. Even if it's just with your eyes. If you're stuck in the mud and you can't move, you can still look ahead. You don't have to be stuck in the past. God doesn't want us in survival mode. It's not fun. Trust me, I've been there. We're not meant to just survive. We're not. We're not created just to survive. So how do we, how do, we do that? We choose courage. And how do we do that? We revisit the vantage point where we have promise and hope and freedom. Even if it's just for a moment. I'm down the mountain now. I'm still in the fog. But you know where I can go? I can revisit that vantage point. I can revisit it and be reminded of the promises that God's given me, of the courage he's requiring me to have, of the hope of which I can carry through the circumstances. And so I make it a practice. Every day, in fact. When I can't make it to the beach every week on my day off, I walk outside my house and I stop and I look out and I look up And I look to the sky, and I say, you know what, God? You're amazing. The clouds, have you ever just stopped and watched them? I mean, one day I was just out there, and I just, I needed to get away from it all, and I couldn't go anywhere, so I'm just looking up. And the clouds were just drifting by. And you know what it reminded me of? Kind of funny, you're probably going to think I'm weird. Maybe you already do. (laughs) No comment. It looked like an EKG machine. You know the heart machines that register your heartbeat? That's what it looks like. And I said, God, you're showing me your heartbeat. And it changed. You're showing me how much you love me, God. I can feel your heart beating for me. I can feel your heartbeat in the clouds. It's a little gift. It's all about perspective. It's all about vantage point. It's all about stopping and revisiting something that is greater than your circumstance. 
because it takes courage to step out of the ordinary. It takes courage to look up. And that's our third point. We looked out, we looked ahead, and now we're going to look up. Because you know what? When you look up, it all changes. It all changes. Joshua 3.5 says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. God will do amazing things. God will do amazing things. Now, at this point, Joshua is not in the promised land. He hasn't even crossed the Jordan River yet. He's getting prepared to do that. And he knows he has to get the ark all buttoned up, and the Levites are going to carry the the hosted presence of God in a box across the river, and the rest of the Israelites are going to follow after. Could you imagine waking up one morning and saying, Honey, we get to follow a box across the river today. Right? I mean, because God's going to do amazing things. They were moving away from their past. And God was going to take them through the river into a new future. And they were following him. They were following his presence. They were following him. They were looking up. Because they knew. Like what Paul says in Philippians 3, later on in the chapter, our citizenship is in heaven. You see, it takes courage to step out of the ordinary. It takes courage to move past surviving. It takes courage to move out of ordinary living and into reigning. That's what we're called to do. We're called to reign with Christ. We're seated with him in heavenly places. It's what it says in Ephesians. Colossians says, set your mind on earthly things. Set your mind not on earthly things, but on things above. For Christ died for you, and your life is now hidden in Christ. We're hidden in Christ. We're children of the Most High God. We're not called just to survive. We're called to reign. We're called to be strong and courageous. We're hidden in Christ. And not just the cute little baby who's in the manger, and not even just the Son of God who did miracles while he was on earth. We're hidden in the Christ that defeated death. We're hidden in the Christ who's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Right? We're not talking about the cowardly lion anymore. We're talking about the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's what comes to mind when I think of true courage. We're big movie fans. I mean, I've already quoted from The Wizard of Oz, but I mean, my family is a big movie fan. And if if I ask Bruce, what would you like to do on date night? Would you like to go to Starbucks and gaze into my eyes lovingly and talk for long hours? He's all for it, right? No, no. He wants to go to a dark, cold movie theater and watch a movie. How romantic, right? I mean, he, he holds my hand, so I guess it's romantic, but. Right? That's your favorite thing in the world. And if we, um, usually if he knows what's good for him, then it's a joint decision. 
One time, he, oh, let's go see this movie. It sounds really cool, and I didn't know anything about it. And, oh, my gosh, zombies and weird. I looked at him, and I'm like, are you kidding me? You owe me, like, ten Starbucks dates now. I milked that one, yeah. One out of 16 years, yeah. But it reminds me of Aslan out of the Chronicles of Narnia. What a great, oh, the book series. I mean, C.S. Lewis. Aslan. You just look at him and you, wow. Like, he takes your breath away. They did an incredible job in the movie. He looks majestic. He looks regal. He looks powerful. And yet there's this gentle about him, this love that just kind of oozes out of him. And he knows he has power to defeat the white witch or the white queen or whatever. But he humbles himself and he goes and he lays on that stone and he sacrifices his life willingly for the kingdom. We're hidden in that Christ. We're hidden in the Christ who defeated death who's the hope of the nations, who does exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can even fathom. We're seated in that Christ. We're hidden in that Christ. That Christ lives in us. That hope of glory, that hope of the nations, that's what lives inside of you. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to move on. Do you have that picture up of the the lion? Have you already put it up? Okay. A friend of mine posted this on Facebook, and I fell in love with it. Do you see the lion? Do you see what's in the shadow behind him? So cool. I said to her, I have to have that. Can you get me a copy? Is there any way she knows the artist? I said, do they sell copies? Because I want one. I'm gonna, I want to buy it. And she got it for me for my birthday. It's at my house. We're, we're hidden in that Christ. We're seated in heavenly places made to rule, made to reign with that Christ. And we can live, not just visit, we can live in that vantage point if we choose to go there. And so this morning, I just want to ask you, let's close our eyes for just a moment. Holy Spirit, will you just show us where we're at in this process along the journey? Are we stuck in the wilderness with no hope? Are we trying to climb the mountain? Do we ever visit the vantage point where we know there's a promise and know there's a future and know there's a hope? Where are we at in this spectrum? Just let the Holy Spirit talk to you for just a moment. Ask God to show you the promise 
that you've let lay dormant, the promise that you've lost sight of. Ask him to give you one word, one phrase, to bring back a dream, a prophetic word, whatever it might be. Ask him to restore to you this morning one promise that you can work towards. Once you have that promise in your mind, I want you just to respond to him and say, Father God, I know I need courage to get there. I know it's a choice. I know it's costly. But help me to choose to look out. Help me to choose to look ahead. And most of all, the most important thing, Help me to choose to look up. Help me to know that I'm seated in heavenly places. Help me to know that I can rule and reign with you, that I'm hidden in Christ. Jesus, fill us this morning with that promise, with that word, with that that encouragement, that we can rule and reign with you. I just pray an impartation right now of courage and hope and promise. Can we all just stand together? If that's you this morning, if you feel like you need an impartation of courage, can you just raise your hand where you're at? Yeah. We're all there. Let's just raise our hands and lift them up to God and surrender. And Jesus, I just pray right now for the masses who need courage. I release to them courage. I release to them your courage. An enlargement of heart, a strengthening of stature, a strengthening of hope and heart and joy. I release your courage upon them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That they will rise above their circumstances and not just for a visit, but they will inhabit a place high above the heavens, high above their circumstances, high above their struggles, high above the obstacles, the frustrations, the fears. I impart courage to them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Can we thank you?